Welcome to the Creators on Comics podcast. This podcast is a conversation between two creators, dissecting the craft and technique that goes into creating comics. This episode features two cartoonists, A.I. Miller and Dan Wolf. A.I. was the runner-up in the 2021 Platform Comics 10K competition with his comic Coffee Date, and Dan was the runner-up in 2020 with Back Slang It. I asked them to come together to discuss those comics and offer advice for anyone entering the 10K competition this year. Here's their conversation. Howdy, I'm Aaron Miller, and I, in my comics I kind of go by A.I. Miller, because there's another much more famous than me illustrator named Aaron Miller who does like paintings for magic cards and stuff like that. So I figure I, why, why compete with it? And I'm here to talk about uh, Coffee Date, which is my comic that I did for the 5K challenge for Platform Comics last year. And yeah. uh, I'm Dan Wolf, and I did a comic called Back Slang It uh for the i think it's a 10k not a 5k oh you're right <laughs> um, for uh the i think the first one back in 2020 um well first off aaron i want to say nice to meet you is it's nice to be on the the commemorative uh bald bearded guys with glasses <laughs> podcast um so uh first off love your piece um and I really love the way you draw because something that's important to me is seeing the, I don't know, the artist's hand in the work, like seeing that a human being is making choices with their mark making. And I get, I get plenty of that in this and I really enjoy that. So it's not a question, but that's just a nice thing to say because <laughs> it's true. Um, so I guess the first question I have is, um, uh, like what sets you on your path to draw the way you do? Sure. It's been a long path. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've kind of always drawn and doodled and, you know, like I, when I was in high school, I used to like sit next to my friend and do this like doodle battle sort of thing where like someone would draw a little picture, you pass off the piece of paper, or they would draw something that would like devour or destroy your drawing and they pass it back sort of like a constant one-upsmanship um but like I, I I didn't really get serious about drawing um probably until graduate school like I I, I did my undergraduate degree in painting I totally thought I was going to be a painter for uh the rest of my life doing like fine art paintings and I went to graduate school and really kind of fell out of love with not really painting, but fell out of love with talking about painting. Just got super frustrating to just have these endless conversations about paintings I didn't care about, about painters I didn't care about. Uh, and I found that what I really loved was just telling stories. And I think comics are a much more appropriate and immediate medium for telling stories. And I sort of dabbled in comics for a little while, uh, but sort of like really, really started digging into drawing specifically and drawing comics and um, reading a lot more comics around that time and sort of never stopped, you know? Uh, and there are, you know, I, I'm, I'm always looking outward at other people who are doing much cooler stuff than I am. I think that's probably the plight of every artist in the world. It's just like, seems like everybody's doing so much cooler stuff, but the nice thing is you get to try to absorb it and, um, you know, like figure out what works and what's cool and, uh, you know, add that to your repertoire a little bit, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's been a long process for me. It's like, I think learning how to do art is a never ending process. It's like, you're always experimenting, trying new things, you know, like 10 years ago, I was doing everything with a crow quill pen. And then I discovered brushes and I've sort of been in that world forever. Uh, since then, it's just like the little Windsor Newton, you know, sable hair brushes. I think they're like just so much variety and sort of marks you can do. So a lot of it's just like, 
technical as well. Like I love the storytelling, but also just, you know, have also fallen in love with the technical aspects of, of drawing, you know, like it's just, uh, it's part of the fun for me. And, um, you know, from listening to a lot of other interviews, like I, I don't know, I think it's necessarily true that every comics artist loves the art part. I think some people like the scripting and some people love the lettering. Um, but for me, it, like it is a lot about like the craft and the drawing of it and sort of getting all of that just right. Um, so that's my long meandering <laughs> answer to that question. Um, I don't know if that sort of <laughs> uh, was what you're looking for, but um, works for yeah. me. Cool. Um, uh, how did you sort of get into comics making? Throwing, throwing the question right back at you. Right in my face. Wow. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. I, back when I was a little kid, I wanted to be like a daily strip comic artist. I basically fell in love with stuff like Calvin and Hobbes and and the like. And want, just thinking like, oh, that's what I want to be. Um, and it honestly wasn't until college when I was taking a graphic novel uh, course in art school with um, the graphic novelist Carol Tyler oh, cool. um, who kind of became my who definitely became my mentor because uh, she introduced me to like a artistic medium that was also a form of literature uh, and just because I was at the time battling between my love of writing and telling stories but also I've kind of always been drawing and so it was this uh, just great moment where I was like, wow, I can do both right here in this one space. And so um, that really kind of hit the switch. And I just remember her uh, for my senior thesis, I did a comic and she uh, like whole 24 pages and my mentor when she like heard about it. And like when I described to her, like, yeah, I'll be out with my friends. But honestly, a part of me is always thinking back, oh man, next page is going to be a great one because I'm going to be doing this and this and this. And she was like, okay, you're, you're one of the, the people who's actually going to do it and not just like dabble in it. And so um, basically since college, I've been working on it, getting paid work here and there um, for stuff that was really bad and stuff that was, wasn't too bad. <laughs> Um, but I make comics for myself, uh, at the very least weekly. And I've been like working on bigger projects, like for the past, I don't know, three or four years. So I don't know. It's, it's become just a part of my daily practice is like working on something comic related just because I enjoy like you, I enjoy the process of it. Like the, the process of breaking down, like okay, this is the story I want to tell. How do I tell it in, you know, this many panels? And how can I make this page dynamic or interesting or um, how, you know? And also the, for me, the, the not the, necessarily a struggle, but the, the challenge of, all right, I, I've made the character really verbose in the script. It's way too many words. Let's cut it back. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's have them be the that they they can be concisely this time around awesome um yeah like i you know i think your your comic it's interesting that you mentioned kind of being inspired by the like daily newspaper strips you know because i think your comics definitely have a very classic cartoon feel to them you know like i like i see a bit of you know, like Tintin in there and a little bit of, um, in your last uh, 10K comic, you know, it's like you had a lot of references, like it was the Toth Museum and um, uh, you had the Russ Heat little panel in there. Um, so like, I think a lot of that shows through, like just with those little references. And um, I don't know, like uh, backslang it was just like, I think your, your comics, they just have a fun, quality to them you know like I think um for a good while there in the 80s and 90s you know it's like serious comics had to be like so dark and 
gritty, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I really like seeing comics that are like they're just fun, like they're just ex- like experimenting with storytelling and adding these wild visual elements and just kind of having fun with it. And um, I don't know, like I uh, I thought the dialogue was just really wild in Backslang It, obviously. Um, and it, you know, it's like semi incomprehensible all the way through. It did really remind me of like some of the accents that George Harriman would throw into his comics, you know? Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> well, what the fun, the fun of that was, was, uh, once I was given the prompt of like, uh, 1900s prison break, I was like, okay, how do I, how do I have fun with this? Mm-hmm. And for some reason I just clung to like, I like old slang just because <laughs> it is incomprehensible. And so a lot of it was just looking up, like what are, what are just a bunch of weird slang phrases and mm-hmm. how can I just like jam them all <laughs> in a series and have it like internally, if you know what it means, makes sense. But outside of that, it's just like two people like gibbering nonsensically uh and along with that figure out like okay it's also how do i break down this prison break into how many pages is it one two three <laughs> four five six. six pages so it's like all right yeah. i have to break down a prison break into six pages how do i stipulate that or break it down and then how do i also keep the dialogue rolling in a way and i'm like oh okay that's that's where my dramatic irony kind of comes in not dramatic irony it, that's how the the fun is yeah and i thank you for saying fun because i like uh i don't know i like comics that are fun um i like serious stuff serious stuff's cool uh-huh. but i also thought that well in like six or seven pages or whatever i have it's gonna be hard to get real serious for me mm-hmm. uh and so it's like i'd rather just have a good time um <laughs> i also i mean to talk about having wild and weird concepts like uh i enjoy that's what i enjoy about your coffee date is it's this i like how it starts off as this very simple very relatable thing of like i see somebody i like and i don't know i don't feel the confidence to say something but as soon as you work courage up something gets in the way except in this case it's really wild something that you wouldn't expect and you know but even again like the the, the final punchline i enjoy is it's like with all things happening a, a man still has one thing on his mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean it was fun to write like um uh I, like i i i think i've done all of the 10k challenges back since Back since they were the five by five fest, and it was like still Ghost City Comics, um, you know. And I, I like, I think it's just a fun thing. It's very um, like it, it forces you to just get something done, you know, and kind of pay really close attention to your process the whole way through. Um, and like, I think when I wrote the script, um, like I, I. I decided I was going to do something really short because I always run out of time doing these things and I was like I'm going to do four pages um so I wrote out a little like four page script and then immediately when I sat down to thumbnail it it kind of ballooned out into like eight pages um you know and then I had to like trim it back down it sort of like waffled around it ended up being six pages long um but you know like I I think um yeah like part of my goal was just to have fun with it like to do something like I I knew I wanted to draw like interdimensional stuff you know or like weird portals I knew that I had to draw some sort of um heist because it was my theme was accountant by day and thief by night um Mm -hmm. so I was like they have to steal something um and yeah I was like why not throw in a little like boy meets girl stuff in there as well just to like uh like give it a through line all the way through um but i'm i'm curious like what your what your process from beginning to end is with 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 these kind of short five day things like if you have like a um like a steps that you take your comics through sure yeah um i i'm usually pretty 
quick or I give myself a very narrow window to like come up with the concept I guess once I once I have the prompt uh like like for instance this one it was like you know like 1900s breakout it's like okay that 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 has a plot built in thankfully it's it's they're in prison by the end of the comic some of some if not all of them are out of prison um and so uh, that like that helps give me at least a basic structure and then it's like I, I usually figure out okay who's doing it and how are they interesting <laughs> and, then, and then just kind of break it into stages where I block out like okay by this page they need to be you know establish who they are by this page they need to be almost free and then here's the resolution um so I break it down into like simple like I guess like page geography like all right by this page this needs to happen by this page this needs to happen um and then I usually give myself like I don't know at max maybe like an hour and a half to like narrow down like the blocks of the script uh for this one since I had to do research it was like in part like while I was like you know after I was done thumbnailing it I would kind of go back and like all right what are my slang terms want to throw in um and then I kind of give myself I don't know like a a day writing wise like it's basically writing thumbnailing and doing kind of like a rough of the pages um which sounds like a lot but I don't know I mean it's easy I don't know when you're your own writer it's easy Mm. to kind of like all right I don't need to write all this out yeah. And that's the other thing is I think it's interesting with the both of us is that we're both artists who are our own writers. Because mm-hmm. uh, I learned a while back that I, I guess I'll put it like this. I'm not the best collaborator because I get frustrated <laughs> with other people's ideas sometimes. And so sure. uh, it's just easier for me to kind of streamline and be like, all right, I'm fine with people coming in and being like editing things. But mm-hmm. as far as the concept I, mm. I like just being the one who's like I want to decide what I draw and yeah. like so that way nobody's surprising me with like here is all right now draw um an army of 10,000 versus an army of a million and it's just <laughs> this, you know like no I'm not drawing that I will <laughs> I will draw one person poking someone in the eye and that's what uh-huh. I'm drawing <laughs> um yeah, and then the uh, after like the first day of basically blocking it out, then it comes down to usually like I will uh, plug in because I work digitally like the text just to make sure that I'm not cutting myself short when it comes to the space I leave. I like block in at least like first draft text, and then I do a tighter version of the pencils. Um, and then I move in with the inks and with this specific one, um, cause I knew I was only going to do like one key color, like basically mm-hmm. have a duotone. Um, I just, um, I don't know. I focused mostly on like getting the, the ink work done because I was, I was, I knew that would probably take the longest time because the color while like a fun aspect for me because I enjoy the like just working simply mm-hmm. with uh, like a, just a single color um, I knew that like all right I know roughly where it's going to be so I'm not going to stress over that I mostly want to nail down the inks because I was taught that you need to you know the thing needs to read well on pure ink mm-hmm. don't let the colorist do all your work for you yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, which is, again, I want to, with yours, like, I love the, like, you talk about interdimensional stuff. Like, you've got such great expressive line work on, like, like when she's, like, reaching through the, the barrier on, like, the art piece and then, like, the goopiness of the, the car as it comes down. There's a lot of, like, again, like, great, like, weight and energy mm-hmm. to it. Um, and yeah, it's like a good use of like spot in your blacks here and there. Also, I love I love art galleries in in comics. 
Mm-hmm. Like I love seeing like little representations of art and I, and I just fixate on that. I like zooming in and being like, Oh, look, it's like, it's like a figure study. It's uh, you know, like one of them looks like Nosferatu. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, yeah. Those, yeah. And so like, it's just, I don't know. It, it makes it all the extra little details in there make it really engaging. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, I, I love that stuff, you know, like, I think part of like even when I get a script from somebody else, you know, and I don't, I don't, you know, I am a bit of a loner, so I'm not always collaborating with people. But even when I get a script for, from somebody else, I think half of the fun is just like fleshing out the descriptions that are provided, being like, how can I make this more rich or more interesting or more specific? You know, like I think, um, like I put that little. Um, coffee kiosk in the middle of the museum and you know in like one of the panels it's like you can kind of see like a little like piece of paper pinned to the wall with little like cut tabs and some of them are torn off you know and it's like I didn't like just fun little details for that just like make it feel like a lived in world you know and I think it's easy for you're always balancing it with comics it's like you want it to be simple and stylized so it's readable quickly but you also want it to be specific enough to feel like believable and you know like like there's actual things happening and there's consequences and um right so like i i part of the way that i address that is just by like adding these funny little details or um you know like just like you said kind of like fleshing out what's inside the paintings and i thought it was funny because you you also did the 10k last year right and they like both of ours ended up being um like art heist stories right <laughs> right yeah yeah but i was um, specifically an art heist prop yeah yeah and i was just and i i don't know i was in the superhero mood so i was just like all right a superhero is involved in this this escapade yeah <laughs> um yeah that one had enough like uh like over the top zaniness it definitely made me smile um oh good <laughs> but uh <laughs> um yeah uh i was also gonna ask um partially for my own benefit um if you have any like tips for doing comics faster sure um uh i mean Aside from work digitally, which is yeah, yeah. easy for me to say because I have you know I've got I've got the equipment already to do it because um, I work off a of, I work off a of Cintiq and then sometimes I work off of uh, an iPad so I have equipment in place. But as as far as uh, getting stuff done faster, um, my uh, my like I guess pet technique is being comfortable with um, re- like letting negative space be your friend because <laughs> like, I don't know, an excellent use of negative space where something is isolated and highlighted uh, can be a lot more satisfying for me visually than something that's like super, super rendered mm. to the point where like, all right, there's a bunch of stuff in the background but none of it matters because the only thing that matters is what this character is doing right here or what, or this item right here. Um, And so I have learned over the years to like, kind of, it's almost like rack focus Mm -hmm. cinema language where it's like, no, I'm just focusing on what's important. And when the details of like where the environment is and other people running around are important, I do that. Like I did a comic, uh, you know, I guess a year or two now at this point uh, that took place at like a festival. It was like this kind of medieval festival thing. And it was important for me to show lots of people and all the stuff that they're doing and wearing because it's like, okay, this is like a cultural representation. But then like the couple of pages later, I'm zeroing in on figures, like specific mm-hmm. figures because like, all right, now it's just about these moments with these specific people and not about showing these huge crowds and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, that's my I think <laughs> it's a tip to like kind of execute a page is, is being comfortable with embracing like negative space and, and spotting, spotting blacks and stuff like that. Cause 
I don't know. I'm a huge Mike Mignola fan. Mm. I saw so, the little like uh, the little skull with the crown and the art heist one. I was like, yeah, a- yeah. Oh, well, that's 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 a hundred percent an homage to to the man himself because yeah, he's just I'm a big fan of his and his like his dismissal of detail. Mm. You know, very Alex Toth related, mm. which is funny because apparently when he showed his work to Frank Frazetta for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh, Frank Rosetta liked it, but he was like, oh, you're doing Alex Toth. And, <laughs> and Mignola didn't know who Alex Toth was. And this was like when he had just started like getting professional work. And apparently he was like, I don't know who you're talking about. He's like, oh, no, you're clearly doing Alex Toth. See, you're doing this, this, this. And, he, and he's had to smile and nod because <laughs> he's not going to call Frank Rosetta wrong. And then mm-hmm. after that, of course, he looked him up and he was like, wow, I'm doing this thing that this guy's doing. So he then became an influence. But that, that it's, I don't know, it's a fun little thing. <laughs> uh, as far as, so you touched on um, collaboration uh, here and there. And this is kind of a fun, probably unexpected connection for the two of us. Because uh, you work with um, a group online called the Comics Jam, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So have I. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, um, I don't know. It's a it's a fun group, and I actually started it way back in 2016. Way back then. Um, wow. <laughs> so it's been going for a while, and like essentially the whole the whole goal of the group, like we have a Discord server um but it's just to like hang out with other people who love making comics and make comics on a regular basis you know like that's the entire impetus of our our community um but like we usually hover around you know like somewhere around 50 or 60 active people um and every week we vote on a theme and the next week writers write a script based on the theme and then the next week they're sort of Ran- the scripts are randomly assigned out and uh right now like the artists have about a month or so to like just illustrate the page um and people can kind of like participate as much or as little as they want to uh but it, it's I, I found when I started the group you know way back in 2016 um you know it, like I would sit down and be like, I should make something, I should make something, you know, and I would spend, you know, like four hours scrolling through Reddit being like, does anybody have a cool script? Like, does anybody have a cool idea? And I would sort of like, just dismiss them all and be like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. And partially because they were just all huge projects, like people are pitching their, um, you know, their, their 12 volume epic stories. And you're like, I don't want to sign up for that. Um, so I was like, like, what's the smallest amount that I could ask people to, to make, you know, and it, like we started off doing just like four panel comics, you know, it's like, that's reasonable to ask an artist to do. And you get to, you get to interact with writers and they get to get better and you get to get better. Um, and yeah, it's just been going for, what is it like six years now? So like we publish them online. Um, and like, I, I do a lot less of the administration these days. So right now, um, Casey Allen is, is sort of mostly responsible for running it. Uh, but yeah, like um, when, when were you, I guess you were, you were involved early on, right? I was actually, yeah. I, just, I actually looked into it before our conversation and I had done three of them back in 2017, like March or something of 2017. Um, I remember looking out for, yeah, just like other, like, or just different comic opportunities. Cause I think at that time I was definitely looking, I was like an artist who was looking for like somebody to collaborate with. And mm-hmm. I think it was just specifically because I figured, okay, well, if, like one person trying to like get their one thing out there is a challenge, but with two people, you've mm-hmm. got possibly twice the reach and you know there's there's somebody to go back and forth with but without like I also didn't want to get too deep into like like you were saying like uh somebody's um 
you know, nine volume, 10 year epic. Uh, Cause every writer's got one of those. So I was like, I don't know, there's some short-term stuff just to like get my stuff out there, work with some people and such. And yeah, I did a couple of them and it was fun. Um, but then I, it was something where more or less like I was working on a couple of other important projects to me my, on my own. And I was just like, okay, I can either keep doing this or I can do my own thing. And so I went my own way, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I was just actually looking at some of my old, at the comic jam stuff I did. And I'm like, oh, okay. I see, I see the, the sparks of things that came, came better. It became better later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Was, yeah. We, we have some really talented people coming through the group, you know, and I get like our, primary goal is to be like low pressure you know because like people get enough of that everywhere else like everybody's harsh on themselves you know and it's like um you know i i don't know i i i think it's nice to have a community of people who you can just sort of like kvetch with and just be like like not feeling it or um just you know have a nice conversation about it uh and you know, like I, I sort of live in a sort of small town, you know, and it's not like there's a plethora of comics people I can just go go have lunch with and chat about stuff, you know. So it's nice to have a, a centralized online community of people who I can just like toss an idea and get some feedback or, you know, get provide feedback to them on their script and just like have a, a nice community of people to sort of who are interested in similar stuff so um i don't know it's it like i i sort of stopped administrating the group but it's been really nice to see that it, it just sort of like has a life of its own now that's great um, and when, uh, when, whenever i have in giving it in a position of giving advice to young artists one of the first things i tell them is get yourself some art friends <laughs> as if you as, as an artist you need art friends specifically because it's very easy to live in a bubble where you are, you have all your friends, you know, you can have friends of, of, that aren't artists, but if you're just, if you're the only artist, it's very easy to get trapped into thinking everything I do is great because that's all they say to me because they don't know how to give me like good criticism or how to be like, oh, what if you did this? Or I really like it when you do this, keep doing that. Like, like having yeah. art friends, people who at the very least, like can either inspire you or you can run things by is, is so important. And yeah, I've, I've had a couple of great experiences with finding kind of like online communities for creators. Cause yeah, it's, there's, I don't know uh, where I live. There are a couple of like comic shops, mm-hmm. but comic fans are different from comic creators. Yeah, that's true. Com- yeah, yeah. <laughs> comic comic fans are great. You know, love them. You know, keep supporting independent creators if you can. Mm-hmm. Comic fans, but uh, it's not the same as being able to talk to somebody on their level about like the stuff they do. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually wanted to talk to you about another comic thing that you you do or have have done for a while, and uh, that's on your Instagram. Uh, and it's your uh, like art teacher comics, which uh, from now seeing you, it's like, oh, it, it is it is autobiographical <laughs> in some respects, right? I mean, uh, it's it's semi autobiographical. So I, like I, I do uh, my my day job is is a teacher. So I'm a, a professor at like a little community college in central Virginia. Um, and yeah, so I do these like little four panel comics and usually they go out first in just like an arts newsletter to the college and then I post them on my Instagram and that's sort of where they live. So they're, they're sort of like my way of doing a newspaper comic, you know, um, and I don't know, like uh, being a teacher, like having been an art student and now being an art teacher, there's just a whole bunch of like wild expectations and things that happen you know both from my perspective and the student's perspective and like you know it's it's fun to try to boil those down to just like little four panel moments and uh, I really started those 
like 2021. 20, I haven't been doing them for, for a long time. But, you know, I, like I think there's also a bit of just teaching through the pandemic in those comics as well. And just like what that experience has been like. You know, I, I've had to teach... Um, I've had to teach painting online several times and uh and it, like it's just uh it's a totally different experience <laughs> you know like if you're in the classroom it's like it takes you two minutes to like show somebody how to wash a brush or you know like see somebody packing up wrong and be like no you're gonna ruin all your paint that way and teaching online like all those little things build up and you have students easily get frustrated they're like i i I've wasted $20 worth of paint because I did X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, at that point, there's like, <laughs> there are like little things that you could have solved early on if you're in the classroom. Um, you know, so it's like, you end up being a video producer when you're teaching online. It's like, you're, you're making little informational videos about every little thing. I have like a two minute video about how to wash your brush. I have, you know, like a little 10 minute video about like how to use your palette knife, stuff that, you know, I think you might, take for granted if you've been painting for a while, um, but you're teaching a painting class and it's, you know, like things that nobody's ever, or a lot of the students have never, never considered or never thought about or never seen before. And you kind of have to put it in this digital format. Um, so like, I'm actually in my, my office right now. And it's like, I have, you know, I have a, I have a C stand and I have like a bunch of lights and I have um, you know, like I have like four easels that I can, you know, like point cameras at and I have like my, my microphone and like I have all like it's like a little miniature studio in here, mostly just for online teaching. Um, so yeah, like a bunch of that goes into into it's boiled down into these little four panel comics, which I have fun making. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I feel the fun in it and it's, yeah, they, they look wonderful. Again, like your, your, your mark making is, I don't know, there's, there's just so much energy to it. Um, even as simple as like, I'm looking at one where you're just, you're drawing a, like a set of cabinets. Mm. But like, I really like how these cabinets look. And I think that's, <laughs> that's the mark of somebody who, I don't know, for me, at least it seems somebody who is enjoying the process. And it's like, all right, if I'm going to draw these cabinets. I'm going to have fun with it. Or I'm going to present them in a way that is pleasing for me to look at or even to draw or create. Because that's something that, I don't know, there's some famous creator, I can't remember who, who said like the last thing in the world I want to draw is the the corner or, or the, the place where the wall meets the floor. And so you'll never <laughs> see me drawing that uh, in any comic I do. And when I remember hearing that and being like, okay, I that, uh, that freed me up too. Cause it's like, cool. As an artist, I don't have to draw things. I don't, I don't find engaging. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I find all of these super engaging and really lovely color. Like really oh, lovely is watercolor, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, like I, uh, like you, you said, you do everything um, digitally, and I'm kind of the opposite. I kind of do everything like on Bristol board with with my brush and my India ink, and um, you know, I've got like a little Ames lettering guide, so I like rule my like uh, add the lines for my lettering like directly on the paper, which is nice because it means like I don't even have to think about drawing what's underneath the text, you know, cause it's like, it's baked into the page. Um, but like, I, um, I love color. I love painting. I love watercolor. The second I try to do that on a computer, it's just the most tedious thing mm. I've ever done in my life. Like, like the last thing in the world I want to do is, is flat comic book pages. Like there's just something, there's like the second I make my first little lasso in Photoshop, I'm like, I, I can't believe I have another hour of this or whatever it is, you know? Um, you know, even though I love working with color, it's just like, I don't know what it is about doing it on Photoshop. It just like is incredibly tedious to me. Um, so any opportunity I have to like, just like throw paint on a page, I'm gonna go for it. Um, and it's interesting, um, because, you know, like I find when I do watercolor for like a comic page, 
90% of the time, it's really just for the value and the texture. And the second I scan it into the computer, it's like I'm fiddling with the hue and the saturation and I'm fiddling with my adding a million adjustment layers. And the, the actual colors that I land on are usually like not even remotely related to like the paint that I put down on the page, but it's like you get the color and you get the, the value and the lightness and the darkness. And there's just like that nice, you know, traditional quality that comes through that's, um, you know, it's like you, you, can, you can fake it digitally, but it takes some like planning and forethought and, you know, it just uh, extra steps to get it there, right? Um, but thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, again, I, I, love the, I love the craft of putting together a page, which, you know, like does mean I probably work slower than I should. You know, like I, I feel like every time I do the, the 10K challenge, I'm like, I'm like scanning stuff in um, you know, like an hour before it's due and like scrambling to just like get it formatted into a PDF. Um, the, the 2020 10K or yeah, the 2020 10K challenge that I did, um, I just didn't finish a page and it just so happened that it was a page that like kind of wasn't necessary for the story, you know? <laughs> like, I, I don't think anybody noticed it. Like, it, of, of course it didn't, it wasn't like an honorable mention or like make it to the top 10 or anything, you know, cause it was missing a page, but you know, it's like, <laughs> like I just didn't, didn't quite get there. Um, so I don't know, I, I think it's uh, impressive anybody who can like in the five days that you have like script it and lay it out and do the pencils and do the inks and get it in the computer and get the color done. Like the color is the thing that like, like I don't think I'm ever gonna um, be fast at doing the color. It's like watercolor super slow. Um, flatting a page for me is just like really a slow process. Like I, like I get the sense there are people who do it for a living who can knock out a page in 15 minutes. Um, and that's not me. <laughs> you know, it'd probably take me like at least an hour. Maybe it's just my own art. I get too, too detailed for my own good, but it's like, I feel like I wouldn't be able to flat one of my pages in less than an hour. Oh, I mean, it's, yeah, the, the, the digital process. I mean, when you were describing scanning, that's, that's like reason number one that I made a big push to going digital. I mean, before I had like better equipment for it, I guess I was just using like a, an Intuos tablet um to draw it in there which by the way I learned in college like really built my hand-eye coordination like really fast because it's like blind contour drawings you mm -hmm. know it's just it it creates kind of the stronger connection between your like what your your head wants and what your hand can do but um yeah I just I I got to a point where I was working on stuff and I just was having a hell of a time like get just going through and basically because I had to scan everything in two pieces because the board I was working mm -hmm. on was extra big and so it was like and then I had to use like photo merge to in photoshop to make it one page and all that and I just got to a point where it's like okay look I'm just gonna try to do it all digitally and I think like the first time I ever did that results weren't great but I was learning I learned a lot on like the first big project which I actually got you know paid for sort of so it's not bad to learn that way, but um, as I've gotten through and kind of learned, like, because I like, I like your work, especially like because it's traditional and there's, there's, again, there's a humanity to it. Like there's, again, there's like a person behind it that's making these choices. And that's important to me as an artist to like, for the art I enjoy. And so I wanted to kind of preserve that. And that was also something that took years to figure out was like, how do I make it so it doesn't look so computery? Because there was mm. just a long time when my art, did, my digital art just, just looked really stiff. And a big thing that for me was I would, I would have a lot of life in my pencils, but mm. then as soon as I got to ink, all that life would just kind of, evaporate out because I was just like choosing like the best lines I thought for it and I think yeah something I eventually had to learn was like all right well 
be comfortable with your imperfections and with the, with the fact that like what your hand naturally does when, mm. you know, at the back end of a stroke, you know, and then, I don't know, for me, I know there's some artists like even big dog artists that are like, I only use the standard brush, standard round <laughs> brush. And uh-huh. that's all I use. And I can make this stuff look amazing. I don't no, I don't do that. I, I, it took me a long time to find like the brushes that I really like that felt like how, you know, the felt how they should for me. Um, and so then once I found that it became a big, a big boon in terms of like me feeling like I do stuff, my stuff feeling like it's me. Mm. Um, uh, as far as digital coloring, I mean, I, I love laying ink down. Like I love, I like when I, when I would color traditionally, it was usually I was painting with ink, but um, there's something about, I mean, that sweet, sweet undo button. <laughs> you screw something up. Oh boy, is it nice. Uh, yeah, I will, it, it also lets me, it makes me feel more comfortable just playing, trying something out over, over my inks mm. um, because I guess, I don't want to have to invest in like wet media acetate to mm. <laughs> to like try out my colors on because it's like that's a lot of material, including the ink and the acetate and everything to just I'm gonna try how the colors are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it doesn't work. I'll try it later. Um, yeah, but I don't. I totally get the flatting thing. Flatting is is brutal. I've yeah. I had to do over. Or, or, or 200 pages for a project of mine of flatting and then let me tell you it's uh it's not my favorite process once the flatting is done then it, then it's you know it's it's a it's a barrel of laughs but mm. flatting is, is is not my favorite thing um but yeah uh yeah i also i want to uh repeat your kudos to anybody who can finish the the 10k <laughs> Because no, because it's 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 a challenge, especially. I mean, if you're collaborating with somebody, it's a challenge because you know part of the collaboration process is communication of like, all right, when you wrote this, like this, like the big issue I have I've had in the past with writers is like they'll describe a panel and they'll have like three or four things happening. Mm. And like no, 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 you do one thing. <laughs> this, 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 one thing maybe backs two things if we're mm-hmm. clever, but. No, you do one thing a panel, um, but getting through that and then also just yeah nailing down like all of the the, the art that goes through it. Um, so yeah, it's yeah it's a, but like the end result is usually something that is I don't know, exciting to look at because I don't know I like looking at through the anthologies especially once they're done uh, from platform like for any of the. Like I like the con- the con- the 10k contest is great, but even just their their annual is fun, just because it's it's cool to see what you know independent creators are doing out there. Because that's I don't know that's something that I am a big obvious proponent of being one <laughs> is is supporting <laughs> other independent creators. I, and I and I think it's also exciting because you get like then when you see their work out in the world in other places you get to be like ah yeah that's the person that i saw with their thing like the little short um you know like i i i think it's really important for any artist like i think it's super important just like anytime you see something you like at the world just like pause and take a second and see if you can figure out who did it like who made that cool thing um and i i think it's you know like the the comics world is pretty small and like the illustration world is not that much bigger. Like it's pretty easy to like, you know, like get pretty well acquainted with who's doing cool stuff out there just by like taking that couple seconds every time you see something cool to just like remember the person's name, right? And kind of like file it away in the back of your head. And I'm, I'm definitely a person who um, like, I, I don't have a brain for remembering names. So it takes me like four or five instances of seeing people's stuff out in the world before it like clicks and I'm like ah yeah that person's been doing cool stuff and I saw their thing then um but it's worthwhile you know like just for being able to like put together like this person has done this thing and you know I I really loved it and I like their 
like they're expanding or they're changing, you know? Um, I think it's really fun actually like seeing your comics for the 10K. Um, Cause I like, I think that your stuff is really like changing for each, like how you're doing it for each comic. Like everyone's like got a different sort of line style uh, and a little bit different texture. And some of them you're coloring and some of them you're overlaying the sort of newsprinty texture. Um, and I can see that you're like trying out different stuff. like and uh you know I, I i mentioned this before but it's like art is always this process to kind of like figure out new things you know like i i don't think anybody ever figures out art you know they're like there's not like a finish line where you're like i've done it i figured out what my what my art looks like from now forever you know like there's always like things to expand upon or new tools or new techniques or new narrative devices or whatever it is right like and i definitely think that's what like drives a lot of people especially in indie comics to keep making stuff you know absolutely you know it's it there's there's just an excitement in, in figuring out those things. You're, um, you're right that the process doesn't end, but I have <laughs> seen again what if if a person doesn't have art friends, <laughs> I have seen those artists who they like they'll be drawing something like fresh out of college and then 10, 15 years later you look at their work and it's the exact same. Mm. It's because the only feedback they've gotten is from their friends who don't know you know, uh, don't know anything about how to critique art. Have just been saying, "Oh man, that's awesome! I can't draw at all. That's awesome." <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're still doing the same thing. So yeah, everybody out there, get art friends if you don't already have them. Yeah, I mean, I I think it should be should be a goal of every artist to be able to like look back at your work from five years ago and kind of cringe a little bit. You know, I, yeah. I think that's a that's a good thing. You know, yes. Um, you know, like. I, I look back at some of my stuff from five or 10 years ago. I'm like, mm, like, that's not nearly as good as I thought it was, you know? Right. Um, and there's definite, like, there's a lot of things wrong with it, you know? Um, and it's like, I think it's hard to see that every stage of, of you know, developing right. as an artist. And one would hope that, you know, like it keeps into the future, you know, like right. I would I'd hope I look back at my stuff I'm drawing now and be like, Meh. like I, I, I could have done that a little bit different. You know, I could have made slightly better choices there. Right. Uh, uh, one, one bit of uh, advice that I actually got from Mike Mignola in person when I met, got to meet him. Um, and cause I asked him, cause his, his work has changed a lot mm -hmm. from like the, you know, the early eighties when he was starting to do uh, professional work for like Marvel and uh, up until now, which it's, you know, very, you know, expressionistic and simplified. Um, and I asked him like, was there a deliberate like restraint on your part or in those early days to do something that was a little more conventional, but as you gained more artistic freedom, you're able to do the things that you've always wanted to do. And his answer was amazing and it's simple. And it was basically at every point I was do, drawing the best that I was able to draw. And just by the very nature of finding new influences at different times, I changed how I drew. He was like, at this point, I was trying to be Bernie Wrightson. At this point, I was trying to be Frank Frazetta. At this point, I was trying to be such and such. And so as his time uh, progressed, he took all the stuff that he learned from emulating those folks and it eventually turned into the work that, you know, he became especially known for once he started drawing Hellboy. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, like that's, that's you know, I definitely, um, I definitely understand that, you know, it's like there's, there's, um, I look back at my my older stuff and I'm definitely like I, I was doing the best that I could and like there's valuable things there but you know it's like you know like I, I it's constantly striving to to do better with each thing um so um you kind of mentioned that you're working on a couple of big projects and uh like you have a you have a kickstarter coming up right like can you tell us a little bit about that 
Sure. Yeah. I uh, so I've been doing a web comic for the past seven years. Uh, it's a weekly web comic called Three Panel Origin, where I make up a superhero or a villain or a monster or something like that and tell their origin in three panels. Um, and I've been doing that every week since 2015, January 2015. And um, I have uh, decided to create a, uh, a compendium the first three years of my work because I've decided to break it up because doing all of it so far would be a huge book and it's cheaper to print a smaller one. So it's, uh, yeah, it's gonna be, it's the collection of, yeah, the first three years. Um, in combination with that, I also have like a full like 24 page comic book of adjacent stories that I've created uh, in that universe with some of those characters, including uh, the the 10K from last year, the art heist one oh, cool. is, is involved in that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm finalizing the details of the Kickstarter this week and going to be announcing it. And then, well, the week that we're recording this, I'm, I'm finalizing it and then <laughs> I'll announce it. But um, basically through, you know, the rest of July, and uh, I guess into a little bit of August, I'll be running a Kickstarter for Three Panel Origin, the first three years. That's what it's called, everybody, if you want to look it up. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, um, it's like uh, running a Kickstarter always seems like it's just an extra full-time job. Just, you know, like doing all the social media, planning all the rewards and like a bit of a thankless job. But, you know, like I think it's one of those necessary evils these days for like getting cool stuff out there which is like yeah, <laughs> yeah. like stuff that publishers uh, used to have to do like now we as creators get to do but i'm right. excited yeah. to see to see the campaign well thank you thank you yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited to run it i i feel pretty good about it and um uh this will be the first hopefully successful kickstarter i've ever been a part of i was part of one before but the problem with that is it's hard to kickstart a play because most people who contribute <laughs> won't be able to, you know, experience mm. the play. But oh well. Um, but yeah, this this time around, I've 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 figured it out, and I've also kept it fairly simple. It's like, here's the book. Do you want it or not? There you go. <laughs> you know, and with a few other little add-ons. But for the most part, cool. it's my first time, so I'm doing it. Do it simple. Sounds smart. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think you know especially with Kickstarter where it's all or nothing. It's like better to get the book out there than to have a bunch of, you know, like pins, you know? Oh, also keeping my, <laughs> keeping my ambitions pretty small. So if a bunch of people suddenly start showing up, great, but I'm keeping, keeping the ambition pretty limited. So that way uh, I could increase my chances of success, awesome. uh, which is also a good good advice for the 10k <laughs> is, is uh don't yeah don't try to recreate a universe you know um or even if you're just starting out in comics hmm. like you know pick start with a small project start with one panel comic do it gary larson style hmm. you know far side it you know just one panel gag boom and then break up into two or three or four you know start simple and then as you learn your craft, get, get more ambitious, do a couple pages and then, you know, you get into big books, you know, don't think that you're just going to create your epic <laughs> right out of nowhere. You know, you gotta, you gotta learn the tools of the trade and then, you know, and then apply them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's great advice. Well, Aaron, it's been great talking to you and I really uh, appreciate uh the nice things you said about my work and just being able to pick your brain about your process and your kind of journey as an artist. And yeah, I just, I don't know, th there's something so engaging about the way you tell your stories uh, and especially like the way you tell your coffee date where you kind of lull me in with a false sense of like, okay, this is just a small little story and things creep in and get wild and fun. I don't know. Again, it puts a smile on my face because it's nice to see somebody who not only is telling a fun story, but to me is having fun telling that story, like in the process. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Dan. Um, yeah, and I agree. Like, I think, you know, like 
it's really exciting to talk to other people who are making fun comics and um you know like i i think i had a blast reading both of your previous platform comics and um i just want to say if anybody hasn't read either of them like the platform anthologies are up on their website and uh they are fantastic i really love the second to last panel um with the with the guy flipping the bird out of the out of the prison um this made me smile so highly recommended thank you to ai and dan for joining us for this discussion the comic group they discussed can be found at thecomicjam.com and dan's three panel origin is live on kickstarter at the time of this episode They are both active on Instagram, and I'll include all the links down in the episode description for this podcast. Special thanks to Matt Campbell for composing our music, and Patrick Hart for designing our logo. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Creators on Comics Podcast Network.